0: You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews.
1: Because the first step to a new beginning is imagining that one is even possible.
0: The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program.
1: Because the first step to a new beginning is imagining that one is even possible.
2: Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror in Hyperion Heights, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast. A PoppyChuloRadio.com original series, Poppy Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, April 16th, 2018, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast we're gonna recap, review and dissect the ABC series once upon a time. Please welcome my co-hosts, Heather Bishop. Hey guys. Jenna Pace. Hey all Katie
3: Hello guys,
4: hope you're doing well tonight.
2: And Vinny Hatcher. Hello. Katie really cares about the listeners. She addressed them, and all of you just said hello.
5: <laughs> hey, I said hey all. <laughs>
6: because mine's all encompassing i'm not oh. just talking to our listeners
2: oh okay oh maybe katie was trying to show off
4: <laughs> yeah that would be <laughs> just kidding sort of <laughs>
2: it's too funny all right everybody let's jump into our recap of season 7 episode 17 which was titled chosen and aired april 13th 2018 here's the official synopsis of the episode Kelly comes face-to-face with the Candy Killer after someone she loves is taken hostage. Meanwhile, Samdy uses Drew to execute a deadly plan. In a flashback, Zelina learns a harsh lesson after an encounter with Hansel and Gretel goes awry. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 7, Episode 17, Once Upon a Time was viewed by 2.3 million total viewers, with a .4 in the demo rating. It was down a tenth in the demo to match its series low. And I will uh, make two notes before I hand it on over to my co-hosts for their initial reactions. Number one, this was the 150th episode of Once Upon a Time. And this was also Once Upon a Time star Lana Parrilla's directorial debut. So I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. Let's start off with I guess I have to go with Vinny. He's raising his hand. Vinny, what's your initial reaction?
6: Do I have a third hand I don't know about? <laughs> wait,
1: wait. That
2: sounds like, like that. a personal not problem.
6: Like <laughs> I was like, I don't raise my hand. Okay. All I can say is Wicked doesn't just always win. Wicked absolutely slays. This episode is my absolute favorite of this entire season, if I've said that before. Previous episode, dethroned. Hands down, I am in love with this episode. As always, I do have my little things here and there, but overall, I I walked away from this episode the most satisfied I've been with any episode this season.
2: Wow. Very impressive. All right. Heather, what about you? What's your initial reaction to the episode?
3: Okay, so I've told you guys before that I do have a couple of issues with Zelina's character, and usually when it's an episode with her, I'm I'm not that crazy about it. However, I am in complete and total agreement with Vinny. This is my second favorite episode of the season. There are a couple of nitpick points, but it was fantastic, and I cannot wait to start talking about it.
2: Alright, Heather is on the hype train, Vinny is the conductor, choo-choo, motherfuckers.
6: Come to the green side, we got punch and cake. (laughs)
2: Yes, (laughs) and it's all green. Jenna Pace, where do you stand? Are you on the hype train?
5: Well, serve me up some of that sour apple punch, because yeah, I'm on that hype train. This was a really fun episode. Um, Very distinct in the style of it. And also, I think that it emphasized elements of the show that I really like. And I hope to get into that a little bit later. So, yeah, I'm excited.
2: All right. Heather, Jenna, and Vinny are on the hype train. Katie, where are you?
4: I am joining the hype train because this episode... Yes, this episode was fantastic. I really liked every second of it. I didn't have any complaints that I can think of at the moment until we go through it, you know, in further detail, but I really like this episode. Um, I think it was fantastic, and it's going to be a lot of fun talking about it with everyone.
2: All right, and... It's four for four. I really, really loved this episode as well. Everything about it, I just, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a great debut as director for Lana, and uh, I thought Rebecca Mader just knocked it out the park. And uh, the various twists and turns uh, throughout uh, the entire episode, they all were really, really interesting. So uh, I am very excited to, to chat with all of you about it, but... Before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here is our announcer with a few special announcements.
1: Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you
0: this is a poppy chulo radio special announcement poppychuloradio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence and we're looking for your help if you're a fan of poppy chulo radio and its signature series please visit gofundme.com slash poppychuloradio and help us with our campaign every dollar amount donated will be improving the poppy chulo radio experience ...and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. Let's get into it. A quick
2: shout-out to the opening title card... ...which featured the gingerbread house in the forest. So, let's start off. In the past... And uh, usually when we start off in the past, at least in this season, it's either been in what we call the Magical Forest, it might be in the Wish Realm. We actually start off in the past in Oz, uh, you know, I guess uh, on on the outskirts of Oz and in the woods and that kind of stuff. And uh, we see a uh, gingerbread house, and of course we know what's going on in there. <laughs> We know whose story this is going to be, but there's the twist because Zelina ends up coming across the gingerbread house and uh, finds, uh, you know, the witch inside the house, the witch that has kept uh, Hansel and Gretel prisoner, feeding them until they get fat because we all know what she's going to do, and uh, Zelina basically is there, you know, uh, with her bravado telling her that she needs to get out you see you've heard what i've done you see what i've done with the others you know they all have worn pendants like this well i'm the only one so it's time for you to leave to are banished from oz and so of course this witch fights back and uh, she uh, ends up defeating zelina and uh zelina even after seeing hansel and gretel and and being disgusted of everything that's going on in this house she ends up being weakened by i guess the blast that this witch shoots at her that she ends up passing out in the forest so vinny i've got to talk to you about this the opening sequence with zelina coming across uh, I guess we could call her the Candy Witch uh, at this point in time. Something that yeah. happens to her later on. Uh, what did you think of this? Mixing, remixing Hansel and Gretel with Zelina.
6: I, you know, the funny thing was I loved the Blind Witch in the previous seasons. Like, I love Emma Caulfield. I loved her as Buffy. But the one thing that I really didn't care for was I felt like the way that Hansel and Gretel was kind of, and that witch character was handled previously, it was different. But this episode, it was just so nice to revisit the classic fairy tale, just, like, down to the two kids in the cages, her shoving their faces with gingerbread, because that's one of my favorite fairy tales growing up. I absolutely loved it. And just seeing that house, uh, it just, it was, like, right out of the pages of a storybook. I think they executed the construction, whether, I couldn't even tell if it was CGI. I don't think it was, but it it was amazing. And I'm not going to lie, like, I got a little, like, very, very happy and cutesy and, and like almost teary eyed to see Zelina walk up as the wicked witch because I absolutely love that outfit. It's just it it just means she means business. When she's in that outfit, you know the bitch is there. She's she's gonna cause some trouble. And having her show up and kind of be like the paranormal slum lord of Oz was awesome. You know, she walked in all bravado and it's really interesting because we haven't seen that Zelina in her full form, you know, in full chaos mode, in quite some time. But Rebecca put it on like a glove. She slid right back into that role, down to the smirking on her face. And just the she always had this very interesting tilt to her voice when she's Wicked Zelina, this almost like acidic tone with every word. And she got back into the role so comfortably. And I loved it. I thought it was really awesome how she showed up. And she's just like, look. You know what I did to everybody else? I will do it to you. Get the hell out of my town. And it was really interesting to see her reaction when the witch was like, whatever. You know, uh, I, I think she was expecting to have no competition in her reputation procedure. But once again, Zelina is disappointed and she doesn't get what she wants. And I thought it really, really interesting to see her just broken down, especially because this was such an earlier phase for this character in the timeline. You know, this is when she was in her prime, and, and to see her brought low like that, really, really interesting, and I thought she played it really, really well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you have to remember that the witch was uh, in the middle of cooking dinner, so, you mm-hmm. know, no one likes to be interrupted the, when they right. are in the middle of cooking dinner. She was probably hangry. <laughs> right. If you think about it. Yeah. And hungry I hungry witch.
6: When she, when she blasted the, the ginger witch or the... Whatever witch, <laughs> when she just like went on Mortal Kombat and like threw her across the room. That was awesome. I agree. All right,
2: continuing the story. So, Zelina wakes up in a cabin. The cabin is owned by a blind woodcutter named uh, Ivo. And uh, he's like, I found you. Uh, You know, I I wanted to make sure that you were alright, so I brought you back to my cabin. I was in the middle of, uh, you know, looking for my children and and whatnot, but I ended up finding you, and so I, you know, you are weak. I am here to basically, you know, help you, uh, you know, regain your health. And so, throughout their encounter we see a lot of tenderness, uh, that, uh, Zelina had, had never experienced in her life. Uh, you know, well, I should say she experienced it, but it was very little bits here and there. So this is like the first time she's experiencing it again. And, uh, since Ivo's blind, obviously he doesn't know who she is. And, uh, they start developing a connection and, uh, Zelina, as she is, you know, regaining her health uh, and and, uh, throughout chatting with uh, Ivo realizes who his kids are. They're Hansel and Gretel. And she doesn't say anything, but uh, she's determined to go and uh, help his children. And so uh, one night she ends up leaving the, um, the cabin. And uh, she goes back to the Candy Witch. And so uh, when the witch outside, doing whatever Candy Witches do, notices that Zelina's there. They get into a fight. There's like a giant, what was that, like a candy cane that she was going to (laughs) use as a weapon, which was amazing. But Zelina one-ups her and ends up stealing her eyesight with the plan to give uh, the eyesight to Ivo and so she enters the house the blind witch now you know goes into a a, a fit outside since she is blind and she's ready to save Hansel and Gretel but they had already escaped and so uh, she returns to Ivo basically ready to tell him that his kids are fine I've got this for you but Hansel and Gretel have already returned home and told him about what happened earlier. The fact that Zelina was there, the fact that Zelina sure was uh, willing to kick this witch out, but wasn't willing to save them hansel is is the most affected by this all uh, basically saying that he hates witches and and basically just is talking ridiculously negatively about witches 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 and so ivo asks her to leave and Zelina, obviously being Zelina, she can still be a little bit petulant at this time in the timeline. She gets furious. And she, even after saying, you know, I brought Sight for you. This is a gift for you. Ivo's like, I don't want any gifts from you. And so she ends up throwing that into the fireplace. The uh, The children, you know, start to fight back. And especially Hansel. And so Zelina, before leaving, ends up getting so mad that she responds to uh, Hansel's, uh, you know, willingness to fight back by, uh, I guess, magicking the flames to sort of wrap around his arms. And uh, just as Zelina, you know, leaves, uh, we see that Hansel's hatred Towards witches has officially been cemented. So Jenna, break this down for me. What did you think of uh, Zelina, her relationship with Ivo, how that was affecting her? Zelina appearing to want to do the right thing after not being able to, and then unfortunately, you know, the right thing blows up in her face.
5: So, I really like this part. I love... I find it so fascinating how Once Upon a Time can really sell these very tiny connections... Like, these connections that are set up in so little time between characters. Granted, one of them's already established, but... Um, you really feel the gentleness between Ivo and Zelina and how that's affecting her. Also, Zelina just rocked that, that, that little... Um, a little um, nightgown or casual shirt. She just looked adorable in it, and I was just squeeing the whole time. Um, I really like how this is like how this is a chance for Zelina to turn around, and she really does give it an effort. But her past does come to bite her in the butt in the worst way possible. I like I like the show's take on that in that regard to consequences. Um, at least in at least in that respect, like she was. Like, she, because she wasn't honest, fully honest, she kind of, because she wasn't fully honest, the truth still came out in a really bad way, and because Zelina hasn't really addressed, like, the, addressed, like, the core of who she is, it didn't fully go, you know, it didn't fully go through, she fell back into her petulance, her jealousy, her rage, and she threw the eyeballs out, and she burned Hansel's arms. You know, she's you know, blaming the wrong person. Um, but yeah, I also want to touch on the fact that... I love the fact that Once Upon a Time can just have these two candy houses, and they're both so distinct. And yeah, one of the houses is you know, it feels like a regular house, and the other is like this crazy, creepy torture chamber right out of a Tim Burton movie. And they're both unique, they're both really cool, you kind of want to, like, spend time there, but not too much at the same time. Um, I, like, I thought it was really clever how, like, how the, uh, how the, um, the, you know, the two blind characters, and how Zelina made the blind witch blind. It's an interesting way to, to uh, retell the fairy tale. Yeah, I think that this is also I think this is a good contrast for Zelina's actions later on in the um in the episode, in the present, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So I think this was a pretty awesome flashback and interesting and we really get a lot of great development for both for well Zelina, Gretel and Hansel as well. And obviously we'll hear more about him soon enough.
2: Absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. I love the point that uh, Vinny made earlier. The fact that we got to see... Rebecca made her go back to like the full Wicked Always Wins glory of Zelina was pretty awesome I did like the bit of character development You know this lost chapter of Zelina that we've never seen before in which it seemed as if she really was hell-bent On doing the right thing on making things right for Ivo reuniting his family giving him sight that kind of thing and it it really just goes kaboom like you know the road to the the road of, of good intentions or whatever that that line is uh, the road
5: I, to hell is paved with good, is intentions. good intentions there you
2: go because oh, she also, had the good intentions but it just it turned hellish for her and and she's literally been to hell if you think about oh, it. it
5: wait yeah. it was a catastrophe
2: Oh, I see oh what you did gosh. there, or I heard what you did there.
4: <laughs> wow, that was very clever. Thank you.
2: You know she was working on that all
6: weekend. I'm just saying. She was. Yes,
5: yes, she was. <laughs> A minutes to make that one.
6: Oh, Don't worry, okay. Jenna. Jenna, we 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 like it. We won't make you feel ostracized. <laughs> oh. oh, that
2: one was good, uh, and that one sounded off the cuff.
6: It was. I, but, like yeah, th- it. I just have to ask: Did anyone else like suddenly, instantly dislike Ivo during that scene when he rejected her, or was that just me? No,
3: I no, him. No, I was like, "What are you doing?"
6: Right? Because th- you're this not going to listen my to your kids. Well, no. Here's the thing: like, he even says earlier, "Katie he hates children."
2: Started... <laughs>
6: children that's a lie shut up (laughs) but no like earlier the episode he basically you know he didn't say it exactly but he implied that he was a total like asshole before he lost his sight and didn't care about his kids you know so i and the way that he was with her it's just like for a split second watching the conflict and it testifies to his ability to act i thought he was going to give her another chance yeah we're gonna screw it up yeah and when yep. he was like, "No, screw you, get out of here, witch!" blah 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 blah. And I was like, "This <laughs> this family has like, I think they have some mental health issues that were already there. Just saying. I mean,
4: his son's a psychopath, so right?
6: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, his experiences not exactly with the witches
4: either to
3: his you
6: No, know, his son is just a racist against witches. Okay, <laughs> he's a witchist. <laughs> he's a witchist.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh! Witches beat bitches. Oh, my lord.
2: (laughs) Yes, and we all learned that Katie hates children, so.
4: Excuse me, that is a bold faced lie. Wait, Katie, Katie,
5: Katie, it's in (laughs) pauseable. Thank you. She's making up for all the
2: sneeze that she couldn't do last time. (laughs) But I approve of the Oz ones.
1: Thank you. You're
2: welcome. Any other thoughts on the flashback? Seeing Zelina once again in her green. Everything. Any other final thoughts before we move into the present day stuff?
6: Yes, I have I, a random piece of... Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no You're uh, fine. Go. Go I, for it. it. It was a connection between this flashback and seeing her in Green Face and the very... Do you guys remember later in the episode in the, in the current times when she looks up at the bicycle on the wall?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
6: Did anyone else make the connection to Margaret Hamilton? In the original Wizard of Oz, riding yes, the yes, bike. Yes,
4: that's yes, that's exactly what I am yeah.
6: yeah, but also, yeah. we saw her ride the bike. With yeah. Hades.
3: Yeah.
4: yeah.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was yeah. my connection.
6: I, I never, when they when she wrote it with Hades, I never made the connection then, uh, but just in that moment, I was like, the heavens opened up, and I was like, oh.
3: <laughs> 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 I and love that. that. Yeah.
5: Now yeah. I want Zelena her... to get a little doggy.
4: Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. Oh, she used yeah, to get that one and not kill nice. mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Oh, man. All I wanted to say was that I loved, and I think you guys kind of touched on this a little bit, but I loved seeing Zelina back to her former, quote-unquote, glory days as Zelina in this episode, particularly seeing how bipolar it kind of was for her because, you know, we see her go into the... um the gingerbread house, or the, yeah, the gingerbread house, the candy house, um, at the beginning, and she's, you know, trying to fight this witch, and she's not gonna save the kids, and then we flash forward a little bit to her being with Ivo, and, you know, we see a better side of her, where she decides to do something good, and then we see the end, where she just comes full back into her, into her, um, wickedness. I mean, Burning a child's (laughs) hands.
6: That's... Wow. I cheered, I'm not going to lie. That's a regular (laughs) Thursday for Katie.
4: Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's just... It shows you the character that she was. She was someone who was so... You know, she had very polar... The way... That she presented herself, she would either be, you know, like terribly wicked or she would try to do the right thing, but she'd go right back to being wicked. And so kind of comparing her to who she is today, it shows it shows a lot of improvement for a character that maybe some people haven't seen so much um, because her character's gone through very subtle changes, in my opinion. Oh, Um, yeah that you can definitely see comparing her from the flashback to the present day, which we'll get into. But you can definitely see all of the changes that she's made, even though they weren't, like, giant leaps and bounds that we've seen over the seasons. They were just very subtle um, subtle changes that um, have led up to who she is today. So, um, yeah, I'll, I really liked the flashback, just particu- particularly for that. But it was... It was just a really great flashback, and I, I cared about Ivo and Zelina more than I thought I would, so so um, they did a good job.
6: Well, I think, too, this episode, since it was the, the goodbye to Kelly for now, at least until the finale, mm-hmm. did an amazing job of encompassing the full journey of Zelina's character, because what's interesting... Yes. I talk to people who who stopped watching the show, you know, any time after season three, and they're like, "Wait, Zelina's alive? That bitch is still on? What? Why? Why didn't they kill her? You know, I hated her, and that just shows like the, the difference between her and Regina because Regina. Regina had her moments while she was bad where she, you know, had, you know, maybe some soft spots, but the thing with Regina is that she always had a net of people around her, like her father was with her when she was evil for a lot of the time, you know, she always had kind of like this net of people around her, Zelina didn't, Zelina was abandoned and then mistreated and fended for herself, never had anyone to really teach her wrong from right, and so she mistrusted everybody, you know, and... It wasn't that she was evil to begin with. She was actually a very caring person, and that person's always been there. But every time she's ever tried to let that be shown or gotten her hopes up, she's been disappointed. So I really liked how, as a send-off episode for the Kelly Zelina character, they encompassed that whole journey in under an hour to revisit all of that and culminate it with how, how far she's actually come. That's what I love the most about it.
2: I agree. That was very well put, Vinny. Thank you. You're welcome. That was very good. Okay, everybody. So let's head into Hyperion Heights, USA. And so we start off the episode with Zelina basically trying to get a grip on this situation. She's got the candy. She's She is on the Candy Killers hit list. And uh, she was also, you know, talking about, like what is gonna happen with her and explaining this all to her fiance Chad because she's listening over messages uh, that Chad has left her and uh, you know after chatting with Regina about this you know she's convinced to go to the police station to talk to Weaver and so when she heads to the station the first person that she sees is Rogers uh, Zelina, there's a great line of like, oh, Captain, he's like, no, it's Detective Rogers. It was amazing. And so as uh, Rogers, you know, is ready to um, get a statement from her and that kind of thing, uh, she ends up ducking out really quick, leaving Rogers and Margot together to uh, chat privately with Rumpel and, uh, Rumpel is basically like, you know, there's nothing I could do, you know, we, we know who it is, I can give you that information, you know, in the old world, he is Hansel, but we have no idea who he is here, and so that's when Zelina sort of puts two and two together, that, uh, at least in her case, it's personal, and, uh, you know, Rumpel is, is still uh, in his feelings with uh, in regards to uh, everything that Zelina has done in the past. So he's like, you know, you can die, you know, <laughs> as far as I know. But Zelina's like, if you want to see Belle again, uh, you're going to help me. You're going to, you know, try to help me not die. And so uh, he takes her down to the evidence room And he's like, I don't really have anything that can help you, but I do have something that can at least show you that you are no longer that person anymore. And uh, he gives her back her green necklace and uh, she puts it on and he's like, you know, maybe this trinket can help see you help help you see how far you've come. And, uh, there's this great bit of dialogue in which she talks about the darkness in her and how she wants the darkness removed, uh, sort of echoing what, uh, happened to Regina last season. But, uh, he's like, you know, that little bit of darkness is important because uh, it's a reminder of, uh, how far you've come. So, uh, Katie, what did you think of, uh these uh, first few scenes with Zelina and in particular her interaction with Rumpel at the police station.
4: I really liked them. Um you know it it was occurring to me while they were while they were playing that of the history that Rumpel and Zelina have together, you know, you kinda of forget, you know, th- three, four seasons ago what was actually happening between them you know um she had like she had i think it was in season three wasn't it yeah when she like kidnapped rumpel and was mm-hmm. like holding him in this cage and like making him go crazy and you know so they they pretty much have a really they have a bad past i mean he he originally was teaching her or she, she wanted him to teach her magic And, um, and, you know, then we go, of course, to where he, she kidnapped him and he was going crazy and all that up to this point. You forget about everything that's happened up to this point and why he, they don't have the greatest relationship. But I think that's, that's kind of why the scene was a really great scene. Um, just to see what was going to happen and... Um, so I mean, I enjoyed it. I really don't have I don't have much to say about it except that it really struck me. Every I mean, how far their characters have come, and why he really didn't care about helping her at all at first because of the past that they have. So you know, it kind of shows you. It shows you it, to look back. And to figure out what their past was. And I think that kind of brings it back to what Vinny was saying earlier about um, this hour really, really encompassed Zelina's character throughout the entire se- series since season three when she's been a part of, when she came into the show. So this even, this little interaction even, um, even brought that into play where we can kind of revisit in our memories the um, relationships that they had together, which wasn't a great one, um, and to bring it up to this point. Um, so that was kind of what struck me about this scene personally.
2: So let's go and talk about Hansel. Hansel is holding Henry hostage. Henry's tied up, and he's doing everything he can to remind Henry who he is and he even explains you know it was that day you know one day I was like taking uh, doing a blood test for my daughter and then BAM you know all of my memories came back and I realized who I was and once I realized who I was I took advantage of the situation and uh, continued on my quest for revenge and he's like come on you know we had adventures this or the other and and you know who I'm after next right your aunt and her name is Zelina and and she goes by Kelly here and everything like he's really like hitting Henry hard to like remember who he is so that I guess Hansel might get some sort of, uh, empathy, maybe, I guess that's what he was hoping for, it, from Henry, and, and that kind of thing, and, uh, Henry, of course, is, uh, not really believing it, he's, he's cursed, and at one point, he tries to play along, that he, like, remembers, and that he believes him, but, uh, of course, you know, being that he was friends with Henry, you know, for many years in the other world, uh, he sees sort of right through the lies that, come on, you know, I see, you know, I've seen you before with the villains, you know, telling them what they want to hear and all this kind of stuff. You don't remember. And so uh, Henry does drop a little bit of intel on uh, Kelly that uh, allows Hansel to continue on with his plan and Henry does that uh, right before Hansel uh, knocks him out and leaves him there and so while all this is going on though uh, Henry has been getting texts from Jacinda and uh, Hansel has been responding to them we will pick up that little uh, breadcrumb in a moment focusing on Hansel and henry together their scenes in particular together heather hansel heather (laughs) h's uh give me your take on seeing hansel like unravel seeing nick unravel before our eyes and uh, his interaction with henry in the apartment
3: Okay, so this was actually one of my favorite scenes in this episode in particular um, because it's very, very reminiscent of Hat Trick with Emma and Jefferson back in season Mm -hmm. one.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
3: loved that because it wasn't too heavy-handed because the first time I watched the episode, I was like, oh, man, Hat Trick, and I I was worried that they were going to overplay that, but they didn't. They did a really good job with it. And I loved it. I I love the dynamic between um Hansel Hansel slash Jack and Henry as um as he's now awake and he can rem- how he has all of these remem- memories of Henry that are that are good because Henry was there to help him kind of shed who Hansel was and focus on making himself a better person and he really sees Henry as that best friend who helped him in so many different ways but now Henry can't remember any of that and it's really sad. It's really heartbreaking in a lot of different ways, also because Hansel or Jack had found a best friend, somebody who could really help him, only to find out that that best friend's aunt ended up being the witch who hurt him the most. So I loved the um the irony behind that. I, I loved the dynamic between those two characters. Um, and Nathan Parsons, who's the guy that can- plays um Jack, I went and looked him up because I was I've been so blown away with him. Period. Um since they introduced Nick as the serial killer, and he just nailed it in this episode as playing it as both haunted but hopeful, a little bit psychotic, that was fantastic um I really, really enjoyed this scene, especially when um Henry is pretending like he's he remembers everything and he's like, Oh well, yeah, if you untie me i'll just I'll use the author power and we'll be great and it'll it'll be fine. I'll write it the right way.' And Hansel's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, I'm not a villain, I know this trick, and you're, you can't fool me. But also how much that hurt Hansel to be to realize that Henry was seeing him as the person that he didn't view himself as, if that makes sense. And I feel like I rambled through that, but I really, really enjoyed this portion of the episode, it was one of my favorites.
2: So let's continue on with the plot thread uh, that uh, I referenced to. So Nick Hansel, he's been using Henry's phone to make it seem as if Henry is having the time of his life in New York for his uh, job interview. And uh, Jacinda has been receiving the texts, and, and she responds back with uh, you know Sabine's encouragement. You, know, you need to respond and that kind of thing, you know, be cool, and whatnot, and so at least, you know, at this moment in time, you know, everyone believes that Henry has made the trek to New York City for this job interview, but Rogers ends up discovering that Henry's car has been found abandoned with a flat tire by the troll, uh, bridge the troll statue under the bridge under the overpass whatever you want to call it and after doing some research he discovered that henry never made it to his flight so he ends up finding jacinda and he fills her in on all of this and she's like no you know i have text with him Like, we have chatted about the interview. He's fine. And so, he's like, can you, like, look at those texts, and is there anything off within anything that's, uh, you know, typed in those texts? And she realizes that Henry never calls him Jay. And... That Henry never calls him Jay. Henry never calls her Jay. (laughs) And so... uh, She's like, yeah, he never calls me Jay. And he's like, do you know someone that does? I mean, obviously we heard Sabine say it earlier. And she even says it, but she's like, Sabine was there with me. (laughs) like, She can't be the killer. (laughs) I (laughs) I love for a moment, though, that they actually went there. I'm like, really? Come on, Jacinda. And so (gasps) Rogers is like, you know, well, at Flynn's Barcade, Nick was calling you Jay. And so he puts two and two together, and he races. And I've got to say, like, that was an amazing sequence with the car, because it literally <laughs> was like a bat out of hell. Rushes to to Nick's, and uh, he ends up finding Henry, and uh, Henry comes to, and uh, the, the two of them, you know, rush off to uh, stop Hansel. So we'll pause right here, stick a pin into this, and Vinny! Since it seems like you were going to say something about Nick, uh, give it to me. What did you think of uh, Rogers and Jacinda and the whole thing of, like, trying to find uh, Henry? And, of course, Rogers finding Henry.
6: I really, really love this bit. Um, The only thing, this is one of my other small nitpicks I had was, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, if my boyfriend ever called me, like, V, or another name than what he calls me, like, all the time... I'd be like, "What what? It would I'd have like an immediate reaction, so it was it, and I guess it's because she's got a lot in her mind with him being gone or whatever, just and I didn't realize it, but that it, I just found it hilarious that a total stranger took one look at it and was like, "Yeah, maybe we should revisit this <laughs> you know, and like it it took him bringing that to attention to be like, "Oh, he called me by a name he never calls me. Uh, also, uh, I don't think you mentioned this, but the gingerbread house on her car seat. Watching Hook's uh, yes. eyes, yeah, go back and mm-hmm. forth, and you could literally see him going, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh shit!" <laughs> you know, as <it's> like <laughs> he's piecing it together, and it was like the the urgency was there as he really started to identify. Like this guy has been under their brows the entire time. Uh, one thing that I really found interesting in, in retrospect was I think that subconsciously Nick wanted to get caught. Not enough to make him not be willing to hurt Henry or Kelly, but leaving the car at the troll bridge, you might as well put a neon sign that someone's going to find very, very quickly, because that's such an iconic area of Hyperion Heights. So I thought it was really interesting that that was the area that the flat tire was done by Nick, and he didn't at least try to like change the tire and hide the car somewhere else. So that just made me wonder, maybe... All of the years that they traveled together, when he was pretending to be Jack, because as you said earlier, you know, being Jack, Henry gave him a new identity. Henry changed his life. Maybe there was small a small part of him that wanted to have Henry be saved and wanted to have him be stopped, but it wasn't big enough for him to just stop his plans completely. Uh, but overall, no, I really, really enjoyed this section because of the simple fact that they didn't drag it out. We got the realization of who the killer was by. detective which was awesome i was really hoping that it was going to be weaver or rogers that did it and not one of the other characters and make them look terrible at their job again Uh, but i think it was really well executed and i really loved how andrew west played the the role of henry because for a moment there i i thought that i could see glimmers of the real henry mills shining through like when he was looking at the certain paper that was put in front of his face about paternity and you could just kind of see like I felt the struggle within like he wants to believe it, but the curse is clouding him over and making him be like no you're this is fake you're making me you're just trying to win me over, blah 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 with your craziness. It, it was really, really awesome
2: yeah, totally. I love the line of like you 're supposed to be you know the truest believer. I was like, Oh right. God. I know if Henry was awake, he would be totally offended by this.
6: <laughs> and you know, maybe it's just me. I, I I am fully prepared for this to be only me, but I don't know. I kind of got a little bit of bromance coming off of Nick towards Henry, like a little bit of like, "I love you." I got it too. Just... No. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because it was just, there was something in the way when he was, his face lit up when he was talking about their adventures, and he was talking about how Henry changed his life, and I'm like, oh, you got a dude crush. I ship it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Jenna? Is there um, an official shipping name?
5: Um, to my knowledge, no. Maybe, like, Bean Believer? Oh my I god, I, I g- know that there are yes.
6: <laughs> Believe stock.
5: But... <laughs> oh yeah, <wait>. Bean Weaver? <laughs> We we need we- to make wait, did you
2: say name? Bean, Bean Weaver? Weaver?
5: No, Bean Lever, like B-Lever. Oh, Bean, Bean
2: Lever. Lever. Oh, I was it's like, not- good grief, you're shipping him with. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> I was just. I was thinking of that song from the 80s. Dream Weaver. <laughs>
5: <laughs> now, nah, Dream Weaver would... I feel like that... I don't want to tell you what I think that ship name would end up being. What that would <laughs> be. I think you have to now. Yeah,
6: okay, you totally so do. So, you don't
5: have a choice. Okay, I... I don't ship this, but Dreamcatchers tend to be Neil Neil's thing, So oh, <laughs> oh, oh
2: no, crazy. you're gonna get, gonna get Oedipus on our ass.
6: Well, you no, know that would not even be Oedipus.
2: Are... Well, whatever, not that was it's... creepy.
6: That would be like a male version of Oedipus. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but yeah, let's just say you're, we're not alone in the shipping in the shipping department with that with uh, Jack <laughs> and Henry. <laughs>
3: There will be fan fiction, I'm sure. Oh, God, I'm sure there will be. Jenna will
2: write all of it.
5: Somebody needs to get on that. By the way, Rogers gets to Henry in the nick of time.
2: Oh, that one's good. Good. Thank you. Yes. So let's continue on with the story. So it is now nighttime, and uh, Zelina is startled by Regina. You know, Regina is... With, uh, she's brought weapons to, uh, get ready for the Candy Killer, a.k.a. Hansel, to arrive. And so, uh, she ends up, uh, basically telling Regina to leave. And, And I'll explain why. Selena ends up getting a call from, uh the, uh, candy killer. She she thinks it's just Chad calling her, but it turns out Hansel has kidnapped and, and taken Chad hostage and, and basically tells uh, Zelina that if you want to see your man alive again, you know, you're going to, uh, do everything that I say. And so, uh... Zelina ends up sending Regina away, telling her that Chad called. He's at the airport, but I can't go to the airport because of everything that's going on. And, you know, Chad could be in trouble because of it. So can you go and find him? And so, of course, Regina, being her sister and that kind of thing, you know, she's like, of course I will. So she heads on off. So it's Zelina alone in Ronnie's bar. And she hears a noise coming from uh, the downstairs and uh, she sees chad her fiance, tied up as a hostage so she goes to try to free him and uh hansel you know ends up shutting the door demanding a showdown with the witch and uh, hansel is um you know, trying to tell Chad, you know, you need to see who she really is, and uh, they get into a war of words, and Zelina's like, you know, she, she's fighting back, and, uh, you know, she ends up getting Hansel pinned to the wall, and uh, Hansel's like, you know, do it, I know that you're that evil person, kill me, kill me, kill me, and Zelina's like, no, I'm not that person anymore and she ends up baming him right on the head knocking him out. She goes back to Chad and she has this long conversation with Chad that starts off uh, in uh, that storage room and heads into the um, actual uh, you know main area of Ronnie's and she's like yes, you know, I was this person. I am Zelina, and I have a horrible past and I never told you about it because I felt like I could have a wonderful future with you you know I felt like this was a time that I could start over and so she takes off her ring she gives it back and she's like you know I'm ready for it I I know that this is too much and uh, you know I understand you don't even have to tell me but Chad is like you know I don't care about who you were you know, we all have a past. You know, I love you. And, uh, you know, when uh, you know I propose and all this kind of stuff, I made a commitment to you. And uh, so he puts the ring back on. And it seems like Chad is going to stick around. And so uh, the very final scene with Zelina is Zelina with Regina. And uh, Regina ends up telling Zelina that she should go and be with Chad. You know, you've closed this chapter in your life. You know, you need to explore things with this man. You know, he is there for you. He wants to be with you. And so, uh, Zelina agrees, you know, even though Zelina's like, you know, what about everything that's going on, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, Mother Gothel, etc., and and Regina's like, we'll be fine. And so uh, she says goodbye to Margot, and once again, she promises to reveal everything very soon. Everything will make sense. Just an FYI, Margot was in the police station while everything was going on. And uh, she also gives Margot her necklace, and she says, family heirloom, and I would like for you to have it, and I would love for you to be my maid of honor. So let's talk about Zelina's showdown with the Candy Killer, as well as uh, Zelina's farewell—her with Chad, her with Regina, and her with Margot. And let's see, uh, Jenna, talk to me about Zelina with the Candy Killer.
5: Okay, well, I personally think the scene was really epic. I love that the Once Upon—I love when the Once Upon Time. Um, Writers um, try to handle thrillers Because they do a really good job at it And this scene especially Was a really good blend of that And also kind of a morality tale A fairy tale You get to see this really intense hostage situation With Chad tied up Selena worrying Nick holding this really Sharp knife up to Selena's chest It's all It's scary and you kind of can, you can still assume the resolution, but that's still kind of a sign of how good it is that it makes you feel scared even though you know things are going to wrap up well. And I think that's one of Once Upon a Time's biggest strengths. I want to talk more about this later in some respects, but I love how they handle, I loved how they handled horror in this episode. I think that when, I think Once Upon a Time it has a real knack for the genre. And I hope the crew goes on to do more of those. Um, anyways, I like, um, I love, this was a really good moment for Zelina's character, um, because as Rumple and Regina were telling her, you have to bring your dark side out. You have to bring out both Zelina and Kelly in order to, in order to be who you're meant to be. And, uh, and, so, Zelina fights him, fights um Jack off. It's a really rough, brutal, uh, rough and brutal. But she gets the upper hand, and just as Jack's throwing the doubt in her face, bringing up all this, bring up all this rage, bringing her to that boiling point, she doesn't. She doesn't act on it. She's a changed person. She's going to show a level of mercy. I mean, she knocks him out, but that's kind of just common sense because if she let him go, he'd just stab her and Chad and all that good stuff, or not so good stuff. But I think the scene works on a lot of levels, and I love the dark, the uh, the dark colors, the lighting. It's re it's all sets this mood. I love that there are the barrels around everywhere. It feels like the last scene of an action film. So yeah, this was a really well delivered scene.
2: Yeah, I agree. The horror elements that they've uh, included this season in particular have been really, really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, the showdown was uh, amazing. The whole creep factor was uh, fantastic.
4: Vinny. Yeah, I definitely agree.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> I love when Katie agrees with me.
4: It's not very <laughs> often, so, you know. Gotta well, I because you're busy killing children. Would you stop? You're giving it away.
2: <laughs> I know, right? Katie's going to eat the baby.
4: Oh, my gosh. Don't didn't eat the, the baby. It, didn't That's a
2: callback from to. many, many seasons ago. Uh, from Zelina's first season. Oh, see, the callback comes full circle. Fantastic. <laughs> so, Vinny, yeah. talk to me about Zelina and Chad. What did you think of uh, their relationship? Obviously... Zelina didn't go all fairy y on him. She didn't explain all that. But she did uh, really go into her past. And Chad is apparently the keeper. Chad is there, you know, warts and all.
6: <laughs> you know, I this is the one scene in the entire episode that I'm, like, I'm torn on. And... I don't know if you guys remember this, but earlier, cause Katie, I think I read it on your site. They, they talked about, oh, we've never had a real world character suddenly have to deal with all of this craziness in a relationship or, you know, they, they, they talked it up to how Zelina's Boo Bear was going to be a real world character that suddenly has to face the fact that he's dating the Wicked Witch of the West. And so I expected that and and the episode kind of led me along. Like, when she got her necklace back, at first I thought there was going to be some magic still stored in it that she was going to whip out at the end and, like, kick his ass. Uh, and so when that didn't happen, and then when she actually sits down, because right before that scene, she tells him, I'll tell you everything. And then we don't get to see her telling him anything. We see his reaction. I was kind of like, oh, well, they made me think that we were going to see how, like, I don't know, Joe off the street would react if he found out he was dating the Wicked Witch of the West, and I I loved his reaction, don't get me wrong, but I'm kind of hoping that maybe in the finale or, because she's not back until then, I believe, I would love to see how he handles that part, because understanding that someone has a shady past is one thing, but understanding that the person that you're dating is a mythological figure, as far as you're concerned, that actually exists, and magic exists, and... excuse me, you're going to have to suddenly encompass your mind to admit that all of this stuff exists and you're dating her. I think that would have been really interesting to see. I would have been even happy with her doing some magic and him being like, what, what, what? And then her, tell, I'll tell you later, you know. Um, but that aside, speaking for the character, this scene warmed my heart because this was the final moment. This is what Zelina has been searching for in her entire wicked career in her entire storybook existence. She went for this when she had the baby through those really kind of lifetime movie methods with Robin and, yeah, movie coming starring Judith Light later. Um, It it was nice to see that she finally not only loves someone and gets love in return, but she was able to be completely honest. Because we saw in the beginning of the episode that she wasn't. She found comfort and she took it selfishly but in this case even though she was backed into a corner you know and anyone would divulge things when they're backed into a corner she really owned up to her past and how shady it was and it really really came through as not only heartfelt but as a true farewell to this character that we've both hated and grown to care about over these past seven seasons and when she stood up and walked away i was almost worried that He was going to reject her, and they were going to do that all over again, but I was pleasantly disappointed. And as sad as I am to see that character leave, I'm 100% satisfied with how they brought her story to a close. I think it was very well done, very well deserved by the character, and served as an amazing farewell. Pleasantly disappointed? Not because of the
2: happy ending, but because you didn't see the full breakdown of the fairy tale. Yeah. Right? Okay.
6: <laughs> you, uh, no, cause I
2: no, I was like trying to break it down. Does it mean that he liked it? So yeah, you did like it.
6: No, I did. I, okay. did. I, I was just, you know, I, I was hoping that we would see what they hinted at, but even though we didn't, it, it was really well done because she did basically in no uncertain terms, tell her that she did a lot of bad things. And, It's rare that you find someone that's willing to say, "Well, I I take all of you, no matter what it is." I like how you said, "I took the stuff that I know, and I also accept the stuff that I didn't know," because that is so true in a relationship. You know, everybody's got years of life before they meet you, and for someone to be willing to take that step and you know trust you and extend that love, it takes a lot. And that's what she wanted, and she finally has it.
2: Absolutely, that's very true. So, let's see. Heather and Katie. Who would like to take Zelina, being told by Regina, to go back to San Francisco that everything will be fine. You know, go take care of your boo bear. Slash, Zelina saying farewell to Margot and basically telling her that her life completely changed once uh, Margot came into her life. Who would like to take this? Because I will say, as as a bit of a, I don't know, a, a um, enticing type of thing to either talk now or not talk later, the person that uh, doesn't go will be the first person to get to talk about everything, Samd, and what happens at the end.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: what do you think, Heather? Do you want to go for this one or talk later? But- literally the only note I have on any of that was how ironic it was that Rumpelstiltskin was watching over Zelina's kid. And that's all I've got. So you can take this one. Go for it. Okay, okay. Sounds good.
4: Um, That
2: is a very funny um, thing. I didn't even think about
3: that. that. (laughs) Yeah. Still Um, better. Yes.
4: (laughs) I really liked these last scenes. Honestly, Maybe I haven't been paying attention to spoilers or something, but I didn't expect Selena to be going. I thought she was going to be with us until, you know, like through all of the episodes to the you end. You know what, Obviously, Katie? She...
2: I agree with you. We are yeah, in the same yeah. wavelength. And it yeah. wasn't until Regina was like, go back to San Francisco, you know, go be happy, get your happy ending, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's what I realized. You know what? Rebecca Mater is recurring. They didn't yeah. like make an announcement that she was bumped up to series regular or anything like that. She has always been recurring, and I'm like, you know what? Even though I was not expecting this, it does make sense per se. Yeah. And and of mm-hmm. course, I feel like we all kind of know she will be back for the
6: finale. Yeah, one hundred
4: percent. It's not. Like yeah. It's too far away.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
4: That's like Bad five
6: race. episodes without Zelina Kelly.
3: Aww. Oh. That's a- Dang it.
2: <laughs> it's probably going to be more like 3.
3: Yeah. But
4: that re- I think that's the part that stuck out to me most besides for the emotional scenes because I was not expecting her to leave. And then, you know, all of a sudden she's having these emotional goodbyes with Regina. She had that emotional conversation with conversation with Chad and she had that emotional conversation with her daughter and then it was like oh she really is leaving even though we know she'll be back but um, I think I think it was a smart move for them it makes sense in the story and it gave us some really great scenes with Regina and Zelina and with her daughter I mean first talking about Regina and Zelina they have always they have not always had a really good relationship. Really, I'm trying to think back to last season, but I think the last half of last season is when they really started to
6: Yeah. Start becoming close.
4: Yeah, yeah. So they really haven't had many seasons of being close as sisters versus the seasons that they were you know, always against each other, always picking at each other. So, again, this scene with Regina and Zelina um, really wrapped up how far Zelina has come as a character. Um, not just in the way that she acts, in um, her wickedness, so to speak, um, but in the way that she interacts with family, um, particularly. Especially with, with Regina. Um, it was very... It was just a really good scene because you can tell that these two really do love each other now, and they've really they've really bonded and forgiven each other for things and um they care about each other you know Regina was always someone who wanted someone to love her, wanted family you know she always had her father, but she wanted family she wanted. Um, people who loved her, and Zelina was the same way. And it's very, it's very nice, I guess you can say, to see that now they have each other, two people who always wanted family who would love them, and now they have each other. and you know their bond of love, um sisterly love, leads Regina. You know, tells Lena, you need to go back, even though she doesn't want to see her sister go. um, She knows that she needs to go, and um, she pushes her to do that. And so I just really liked their scene the most in particular, um, because it just shows how far they've come and the love that they have for each other. And then moving on to her scene with her daughter, here's another... um, Family, emotion, emotional family. Goodbye. But it also shows, even though we have not seen Margot for very long, we've only seen her this season, obviously, and not very many episodes. We still get a sense of of the tumultuous relationship that they've had, and that now they're coming. T- Margot's coming to see. What her mother is going through, and um, that she, they do love each other, and even though you know they might have their differences, um, Zelina really does care for her daughter, and um, Margot sees that, and she she knows she knows that Zelina needs to go and repair her relationship with Chad, and um, that's just you know, I loved these last scenes. I I really don't have any other words other than to say, I love these last scenes with her and Chad, with her and Regina, and to her and Margot, because it shows you really deeply what one of the best things the show does is the relationships that they've built with all these different characters, and it just shows how good the writers are at working with that, because um, we see it with we see it with. Um, selena and a fiance so that's one type of love we see it with selena and her sister that's another type of love and then we see it with selena and her daughter and that's another type of love um completely so it's just it was very very sentimental and poignant to see these three different types of love and how far zelena has come as a character and to see just to see what she's capable of now and that she's capable of loving people and doing what's best for her in the process so i i really liked these last scenes they're very very well done and very well acted as well
2: all right everybody Let's get into this, because I feel like everyone probably has an opinion on this. But Heather will go first, because she sacrificed her time to Katie. (laughs) So let's get into this. Throughout the entire episode, this has been going on in the background. We see Drew helping Sabine out at the Roland Bayou. They're selling beignets. They're being a little flirtatious and cutesy, and she ends up leaving to get some more supplies, and Samdi shows up. And we learn a couple of things. The big thing that we learn is the fact that Drew is awake and remembers that he is Naveen. And uh, we also learn that Drew, of course, is under Facilier's uh, command, In the sense that Naveen still owes him. He owes him a great debt. And so later on that night, Naveen ends up bringing Facilier one of the beignets. In particular, it's a beignet that uh, Sabine made. And uh, Facilier is able to extract some magic from the beignet and places... That magic on a voodoo doll that he has created. So later on, we see Hansel, Jack, Nick in his uh, cell, although it's more so like an an interrogation room, and uh, Samdi shows up and Samdi reveals to him. That he is the person responsible for waking him up. And uh, the reason why uh, he uh, was um, awakened from the curse was so that he could kill Mother Gothel, the person that is standing in Facilier's way, uh, the person that is his rival in uh, acquiring the Dark One Dagger. But Hansel decided to, uh, you know, play favorites, to seek revenge, instead of following with this plan that Hansel had created in killing the members of the Coven. So Facilier sees him as a wild card. And uh, what do you do to wild cards? You take them out of the deck and so uh sam d or i should say facilitate ends up stabbing the voodoo doll killing hansel instantly so to end things on a lighter note we do have a nice little moment earlier in the episode in which Henry is reunited with Jacinda and Lucy and uh, telling them all, you know, that he is not going to New York, that that isn't meant for him, that he is staying in Hyperion Heights. So, Heather, you're the first one to take a stab at this. <laughs> what, right. what did you think of Facilier of Naveen and then Facilier and... uh Hansel.
3: Um, Okay. So, as far as Vasilie and Naveen go, um, that's a really interesting dynamic or relationship between those two, because I'm a little fuzzy, and I don't really remember. Is it because Vasilie saved Naveen's life? That's why Naveen owes Vasilie he's in his debt? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, that's very interesting, especially considering the fact that he wants... Naveen to get in close with Tiana so that he can get trust, for whatever reason, that part fell a little flat to me, and it felt like they were just putting that in there to kind of show the relationship that's going on between Naveen and Vasilie, which I loved it, but it it felt flat, and it was the only part of the episode that I didn't really understand. Um, But uh, for whatever reason, he needed the broken trust to use it to create the voodoo doll, um when he gets or it wasn't the, the broken
2: trust it was the was the it, trust
3: it was the trust itself
2: yeah i okay. think so or maybe yeah the power of uh I, i'll be honest i didn't really understand it that much either but i'm going to assume yeah, yeah. that he's able to glean some magic from some sort of relationship or something like that that they're developing or that kind of thing
3: i mean mm-hmm. it as far as it goes as, as long as it is being used to further the magic of the voodoo doll, I'm okay with it, I guess.
5: Yeah,
6: I think totally. it's to do with the uh, power of true love because technically those two truly do love each other mm-hmm. and the broken trust of true love's bond would be pretty powerful. So that's kind of what yeah. I interpreted. Oh, okay. okay. And it makes, makes sense, sense
4: because when we think back to the first season, you know how Rumple was trying to, you know, create the true love potion. So it's yep. always been something that's um, very powerful that I guess we really haven't thought about for a long yeah. time because there's elements, so many true loves
2: and it's always elements of like otps what was it It was yeah. uh snow's tears and uh mm-hmm. it was hair. charming's hair yeah
6: i think so yeah
3: it, yeah so, so I that makes it makes sense. sense yeah it makes
6: sense i thought okay. he was gonna use it on naveen honestly <laughs> i did like, too
3: i wasn't expecting it to be
6: for the voodoo doll no, not at all. And that's the only part that threw me off, is because traditionally in Voodoo, the magic that you're using is targeted towards the person that you're targeting towards, so you need something from them. So it was kind of curious why he needed the broken trust of two completely different people to be able to exact the magic, but we'll just chalk that up to Magical MacGuffin rules.
3: Yeah, I'm down with that. Um, but as far as Vasilie being behind Hansel, so I really pushed the fact that it was Gothel behind him. Uh, but uh, Vassilier makes so much more sense. Uh, whenever that was revealed, I was like, dang it, how did we not see that? Or how did <laughs> I not see that? Because it is 100% obvious once they show that out. And I wasn't expecting Hansel to, um, to to die, so I was a little bit sad about that because as far as his character was concerned in these last couple of episodes, I've been super into him. He's, he's been a very intriguing uh and he actually turned out to be a very, like, three-dimensional character instead of just this hollow little 2D guy that's come in and is <laughs> interjected for just absolutely nothing. <laughs> so I liked him, and I was sad when he died. I know. I I agree with that.
4: I was yeah. like,
3: oh, he's dead. Dang
4: it. He was a cardboard mm-hmm.
6: cutout for most of his time in this season, just kind of he filler- was-
3: he was the mm-hmm. Catherine Nolan from, from the majority of the season. <laughs> no one oh, wants Catherine. to be a
1: Catherine Nolan.
6: <laughs> but what's interesting is I we have confirmation that there is definitely some kind of a war in history between Gothel and Facilier now.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm, that's very true. Yeah. Look, and I want to like Facilier so bad because he's awesome, but if he goes after Rumpelstiltskin, he's going to be on my list.
6: Yeah, right. Selena's still her on list. that list.
3: She also okay. has a kid killer list. I do. Don't tell anybody. Let, let's, the just hope,
6: list, list. <laughs> let's just hope that Gothel doesn't hate Facilier because he got her boyfriend killed in a stable by her mother.
3: Please. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bring it a circle secret. back to the first <laughs> Right. Yeah.
6: But I'm, I'm really curious because I don't know about any of you, but I've been trying to think of ways that those two could be associated with each other, and I, I can't. I, it's going to be a surprise like I can't think of how they're going to pull that off with those two having a history because they they always come out of left field with a few things Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless there's, no not really, either.
3: Like, unless there's not really like that much of a history they've both just been after the dagger for whatever reasons yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Romple still seems not from that realm so no. I mean, if him entering that realm was what caused the two of them to figure everything out that could be a catalyst.
6: True, him showing up there, but then she was looking for the guardian before she met him, I believe.
3: Yeah, that's true because she was looking for him, for for it with Anastasia or Rap- Rapunzel. Yeah. Hmm.
6: Maybe you
2: might need. Well, it would make sense. You know, you need the dagger for whatever ceremony they want to do with the guardian. So, I guess we're gonna find out soon. I'm going to assume in the next episode we will find out exactly why Facilier wants the dagger, and then in the episode that's going to feature the uh, Gothel-centric flashback, we'll find out why she wants the dagger.
6: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm beginning to think that Facilia, even though the promo makes it look like he's bad, just the way he's been with Regina and the way they're setting him up as her love interest, I'm really beginning to think that his past is going to be kind of like a tortured person. He really just wants can R- screwed him over or something, and that's he just wants to get his life back and be able to be with Regina, maybe, or something.
2: I hope that's true. To be quite honest, after yeah. what we saw here with him, I was very confused. Because you all know I've been uh-huh. rooting for a Facilier and Regina together. I like their chemistry, and I feel like there's something there, even though, to be quite honest, I don't know if we're going to get any backstory on them, just because we are... Headed towards uh, a conclusion, but yeah. I do like them together. I like I like the chemistry, and for me at least right now, they're selling it with the chemistry together. If we get a couple lines like you know you broke my heart or this is out of the other, that's why we had to separate, and and you know something, you know a couple of lines, I will be happy. But because of what they did here, I'm like, they're really trying to make him seem shifty and shady and a little bit nefarious. Although, if you think about it, he did kill a killer. So if they yeah. do want to do a redemption, you know, at, at some point, uh, I mean, this is a point in the good direction. You know, he did kill, but he it, it was a killer, a serial killer, someone that was just killing these people, you know, for his own uh, um, selfish purposes so they could go that route I'm just I, I don't know and and with the promo the promos do mislead though all the time if you think about it with uh, the promo for this episode Zelina says something to the gist of you know oh it's it's her fault you know why uh, uh, all this happened and based on the promo it looked like she was talking about uh, the Candy Witch, the uh, Blind Witch, the yeah. Gingerbread Witch, but in reality, mm-hmm. she was talking about herself as, mm-hmm. the, you know, the the Wicked Witch. So yeah. the promos do mislead sometimes. So I hope that uh, they do show uh, something in Facilier that leads into that route. Just because I do want to see Regina happy at the end. I do. And the writers have said, or at least they did say, you know, during the hiatus, Regina's going to get a love interest, and it's going to be an amazing love interest, and it's going to be one well worth it, and uh, we've only been getting drips and drabs of it. So if this is the person, I hope it's something really special. And, uh, you know, they find a way to explain away all of the shifty shady stuff, because as Vinny mentioned, when he is with Regina, he seems very honest about his intentions so
5: he's kind of like Hades in that regard where it's like for the half season we were kind of debating is he a good guy is he a bad guy because we didn't know a lot about him and what we saw wasn't really nice except when he was with Selena. so I kind of like that they're going that little that ambiguous route and hopefully they'll go that other way because I'm very mu- I'm very much also a fan of uh Regina and Basilier
2: yeah and I hope that it's opposite of what Hades was because obviously we've already seen what happened with Hades and how there was heartbreak at the end of it I hope if they are going the Hades-ish route with Facilier that he is able to prove himself to be I don't know what you would say like an honorable person someone that actually had good intentions and was trying to help Regina because if you think about it I mean, he did provide a little bit of magic to her, and uh, she did return back with the moss. So hopefully, whatever it is that they're doing that veggies to, you know, with the moss added into it as like a little spice of paprika or whatever, ends up curing Henry. Because that would be certainly another check for the good side of uh, Facilier. But I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that. Any final thoughts on Facilier? on Naveen, on Hansel, or any theories or whatnot of of what's to come, in particular since we're talking about Facilier with Facilier and that kind of thing, before we head into MVP?
6: One thing I will say is that I went back and I kind of did some digging, because I couldn't remember if Facilier ever really did anything that was downright straight wicked and nasty and evil, and I came up short. He came up as a trickster. He came up as somebody who is, yes, selfish and after something for his own gain. But looking back over his turn in the episodes, other than like his initial presentation and deception with Tiana, in reality, he's just been kind of like a rake. He hasn't been homicidal. He hasn't really been super horrible. And if you think about it, unleashing Nick to be the killer of the coven... Yeah, he may have his own purpose for it, but he didn't set it up for anyone innocent to get killed, which granted, the one witch might have been, the doctor was like under the curse and so was the blind one, but still, they were witches and, you know, his purpose may not be the most altruistic, but in reality, I think they are giving us a red herring with this ending of the episode, making him seem really, really evil or mean. I think he's just desperate to get what he wants.
2: You know what, that's very true too, and I'm not saying this just because I'm trying to find something in him to like root <laughs> for him and to hope for a happy ending for Regina. But, if you think about it, when we first meet him, the reason why he steals that jewel, or whatever, the metal that has the jewel in it, from Tiana is because he's trapped. He's trapped between worlds. Uh, You know, he's not in the world of the living. He's not on the other side. He's stuck in the middle. And so he needs that ruby to allow him to uh, return to, um, I guess, the the living plane. Yeah. It might be interesting if somehow that is related to Mother Gothel. And maybe that's why he's uh, hell-bent on whatever with her. If they could somehow yeah. tie that in, because that's a little tiny uh, storyline thread that's dangling that we never got an explanation to when we were mm-hmm. first introduced him. So if that can somehow circle back to Gothel, that might be a reason, uh, as you know, per what Heather was stating, that sort of explains some sort of either rivalry or some sort of "I'm gonna get you back." type of thing between Facilier and Gothel yeah I guess we will have to wait and see I feel like within the next two episodes we will learn a whole lot about Facilier as well as Gothel so Mm -hmm. uh, listeners stay tuned And on that note, it is time for our MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. And if someone has already mentioned the character that you're going to choose, you must select a different one, a.k.a. no repeats. So, Vinny, explain to us why
6: Zelina is your MVP. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going to shock you
4: Oh my gosh Why? Uh
6: oh So she was A phenomenal character in this episode And I love her to death But And this oh. is going to seem strange I'm going to give it to Regina What?
2: Oh.
6: Wow
2: what?
4: What? I'm My
6: girl the, Explain yeah, the, twist. This episode was just the testific or almost the testification but it testified to the relationship that these two have had and the reason that i'm choosing regina is because by proxy i'm touching on the growth of Zelina. but there was one line that regina said in this episode that just resounded with me the most if anyone's going to kill my big sis it's going to be me yes <laughs> you know and like, In that right there, it kind of sums up their relationship, and Regina did not have a lot of on-screen time because Lana was directing, but in the few moments that she was there, the bond between these two was so evident, and they have come so far, and Regina has come so far, because there was a big moment where... Trust between the two has always been a thing. Even in this season, it was kind of touched on that the trust between them was still kind of an issue. But in this episode, and this is the real reason that I'm giving Regina the MVP, when Zelina lies to her and says that, oh, Chad's at the airport, can you go get him to get Regina out of the bar, she didn't question her. She didn't second guess it. She didn't try to read more into it. She extended the trust to Zelina and inadvertently trusted Zelina to, you know, even though she didn't know, I think she probably had some kind of idea because she would have done the same thing, trusted Zelina to handle it on her own. And in a way, that was like, look, I'm the younger sister, but let's face it, Regina's always been the more mature one. This was her kind of allowing Zelina to fix her own mess, stand up, and legitimately come full term. And it just... This was the really denouement of their relationship, and I absolutely loved it, and that was what usurped Zelina from getting MVP for me, was just the chemistry between the two and just the final, the expression of trust really did it. I love
2: a good hashtag plot twist, so that was uh, fantastic, Vinny. So that leaves a certain someone out there for one of you to grab, and who shall go next? jenna i was okay. about to try to do an oz um one but i couldn't think of one because i'm not as clever as jenna pace but i did enjoy the oz puns maybe you can slip one in uh, I will. yes i will
5: try who is your
2: mvp and why
5: i'm kind of stuck between two of them at the moment um oh okay so i was about to I was kind of going to cheat for a second and choose Lana because she's directing, but I'm going to be fair and she's a character. And while he wasn't on screen a lot, I really liked Rumple, So he's my MVP mm. because mm. I find that chemistry is, of course, so important on Once Upon a Time. Look, sometimes the plot will be inconsistent. The characters will be a little weird and wonky, but you can always rely on the character relationships to be the fundamental interesting thing in Once Upon a Time. And an underrated relationship on the show more than anything or that I that I realized this week was Zelina and Rumble. They don't get a lot of screen time. They haven't gotten a lot of recent screen time together, but when they do, there's so much, like, there's snippiness, there's vindictiveness, and I kind of find it interesting that in the years that followed the Blackberries' defeat, like, it kind of seemed like everybody put their rivalries to the side. Like, whatever... Whatever people were, whatever issues people had with each other, they kind of like just put it to the side. Rumple and Zelina really didn't seem to do that, and we get to see it in the scene. There's snippiness. Uh, uh, Zelina basically has to emotionally blackmail Rumple to get what she wants out of him, and Rumple's like making all these clips. He hasn't forgotten what she did. She, he hasn't forgotten that she killed his son and tortured him for a year and did all sorts of other bad, despicable things to him. And I found that to be a really cool part of the character. The character, And it made me... Rumpel Zelina scenes tend to be my favorite in the series. My favorite moment in the entire series is um, when Zelina reveals herself to be Marion and their discussion in the hospital. Because it's just so... It's... I don't know. It's a very tense scene, but, they're, but the chemistry between them tells it all. And yeah, so... The most that I want, a lot of what I want at Rumple is his dynamics with characters. I got that in spades with Zelina, and I kind of got something that I've been wanting for a while. Kind of a vindictive side with the main character. So I was really happy with what we got.
2: Let's see. Heather. <sighs> since you like children, who's your MVP and why?
3: <laughs> yes, um. Uh. Well, Jenna got mine, so I will be the jerk and take Zelina on this one. Thank
6: you. Thank you. See, um, I was really just being generous. That's why I didn't pick her. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> thank now you. Now showing up. <laughs> I, ha- I I was like, oh, I got to be creative this one because they know who I would pick normally.
3: <laughs> it's see, you know, see, I need to choose somebody different because I chose Rumple last time, so. I'm going to yeah. go with Zelina, um, which uh, is – I think I've chosen her one other time, but it's big for me because I don't like Zelina on the usual because of the whole – everything that happened in season three and a little bit of season four. She's a character that I usually struggle with, but in this episode, they – the writers made me feel for Zelina and um, – I, I really enjoyed the struggle that she went through about how this curse actually wasn't that much of a curse for her because even though she has she's still struggling with her daughter, she's found a man who she loves, she's found somebody who she can spend the rest of her life with and find a little bit of happiness. Um and as far it's it's very interesting to see, you know, and we've talked about this throughout the podcast and everybody's really touched on it, but how far Zelina has come from where we saw her in season three. And when she first came on to the page, I've loved loved to hate Zelina ever since she got in on it it, on this show. But for me to actually enjoy an episode that explores her characterization is phenomenal. And she how she just she's just come so far. And for her and Regina to have the wonderful relationship that they have now together for her and Rumble to at least be on somewhat civil, if not. Somewhat civil terms, it's really fascinating. So, Zelina gets my MVP, just because... Way to go, Zelina. I actually liked you this episode.
2: Well, damn. So, uh, Regina, Rumple, Zelina, off the table. Now, Jenna Pace, I have shrunken Jenna Pace down and placed her on my <laughs> shoulder. Like, you know, like the little angel of the devil that's on the shoulder. And <laughs> Jenna Pace... Am I? That's what you're gonna tell me right now. Whisper in my ear if I should let, or if I should have Katie go last and I should go next. I'm
4: gonna shrink myself down and put myself on Jenna's shoulder. Jenna, make the right (laughs) decision.
2: (laughs) Should Katie go last? Jenna pace?
4: No.
5: It would be really inauspicious to make her go last. Uh, So I'm feeling generous. Katie, you don't have to go. Oh, how
4: kind. And now right.
2: she's going to go with the opposite. No, Katie, you may go next. Who is your MVP <laughs> <Yeah>. and why?
4: <laughs> okay, well, I'm actually surprised. Mine has not been chosen up to this point. I am going to choose Nick. I knew it. Slash Jack. Slash Hansel. Slash, yes. you know. <laughs> slash
2: that boy over there. That one. That boy that one. with the scars.
4: Yes, that one. Um, I... I really like his character. He's a psycho, but the actor does such a good job playing his character. And you kind of, I mean, like you sort of feel for his agenda and like why he has such an issue. Um, But I, I really liked his character. I mean, in the very beginning when he first came on the show he was like he he was this character, he was the Catherine Nolan we'll just bring it up again he was the Catherine Nolan and he really didn't have much of a part to play at all until these past few episodes and then all of a sudden he was playing this big role and I really liked it for one um, I like how he kind of came out of nowhere with someone that no one really totally expected and I like how they brought in the Hansel and Gretel story. And how we got to see it play out in a much different way. Um, and just a side note. I love that Lana Paria has mentioned that Hansel and Gretel has always been one of her favorite um, fairy tales. Or was her favorite fairy tale growing up. And she got to direct the episode that really kind of dealt with that. So that was kind of a cool side note. Um, but I, I'm giving my MVP to Jack Hansel... Whatever, because <laughs> I really liked his scenes, and I liked—I mean, when he was mon—you know—doing the villain monologue thing and everything—it um, was just so well acted, and he—he he pulls off this creepy vibe really well. So I, I'm giving—I'm giving my MVP to him, and I'm, I'm kind of sad that he died. Not gonna lie.
2: A lot of I'm great really choices. No yeah. What were you saying, Vinny? Uh,
6: no one's made the Zoolander joke. That Hansel, he's so hot right now. What? <laughs>
4: okay, I, I, I don't get it. I've never... Kidding. Hashtag Blue Steel.
2: Hot.
6: Yes, Owen Wilson plays a character called Hansel, and in the movie Zoolander, every time his name is mentioned, they say, oh, that Hansel, he's so hot right now.
4: <laughs> there you go. I love it.
6: A lot of really great choices...
2: All of uh, the characters, I think, except for yeah, Rumple wasn't on my list. Everyone else was. I'm not saying that Rumple w- wasn't a good choice. No shade to Rumple, but uh, a lot of really great options. Uh, I have to sort of go down a little bit deeper into my list because all the like the really good ones were chosen. But I'm gonna give it to Facilier just because I'm very confused by him. I, I thought. Uh, The twists and the turns that were added in this episode were really interesting involving his character. The fact that he has enough magic to wake up not one, but two people. I mean, you know, if you don't include himself, uh, is uh, pretty awesome. I I think. He's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, and uh, I'm excited to see what they are. I loved his scene with uh, her scenes with Naveen. I feel like they have a really good um you know antagonistical chemistry and then that final sequence with him in the interrogation room uh, with Hansel sort of like breaking down his plan was really good and I'm loving daniel Francis i I think he's uh, very awesome as or Oz sum Did I do it right Jenna?
5: You did it perfectly. I'm so
2: proud. Thank you. I'm <laughs> a big kid now. Uh he was very amazing as you know in that whole sequence of like breaking down his plan and and uh, you know filling us in on what he's been doing in the background throughout these episodes. So I just really really enjoyed him uh, since uh, all the other ones were taken, I will give a little shout out to Facilier. So before we move into rating the episode, I do want to sort of like ask a question and see if anybody has a response. This was the 150th episode. This was uh, Zelina's sort of uh, farewell quote-unquote episode, you know, the one in which her storyline comes full circle. But on top of all of that, this was Lana Paria's debut as a director and to be quite honest i had thought that jennifer morrison had directed in the past for some reason but no she is the first cast member to direct an episode so any thoughts at all any comments on lana's debut as a director do. okay you too all right jenna pace will go first and she raised her hot little hand first
5: Thank you! <laughs> um, so, I, what I, I loved Lana's directing. It felt very distinct. It, like, the opening, it felt something very... It felt very different from any other Once Upon a Time episode. I don't know if it was the Candy House, or whatever, but it just felt like something... It didn't feel like Once Upon a Time for a second, and I don't mean that as a bad thing. I meant that it was kind of new and refreshing. Um, I loved her... I loved the use of lighting... I loved, I love that we get all these kind of warm colors, we get these, we get these hues of orange, red, during all, during a lot of the scarier scenes, and I think that it gives this episode a feeling all its own, I, um, I was talking with a friend afterwards, she didn't, she thought it was just okay, but then it kind of occurred to me, This is Lana's directorial debut. She's never done it before, and even if she's just okay, even if she's just on par with the rest of the directors, that's still really amazing given that it's her first time. So, yeah, I think that this was something, I mean, I personally think it was something really amazing. She made this episode her own. She made it something to admire and it makes me even more pissed that the last two episodes of the freaking episode got cut off. We didn't talk about that, but, it, but in many states, the last two minutes of the episode were cut off. By yes, they were. Hitler.
2: It was, mm-hmm. although I will give ABC credit. What they did is they paused that sucker and the late breaking news was on. And when they returned, it literally picked up exactly where it mm-hmm. ended and the reason yeah. i know this is because i watch marvel's agents of shield afterwards yeah and, and i have a ddr marvel's agents of shield was completely messed up um yeah yeah yep. uh, this isn't the, our podcast for it we do have a podcast for it but yeah that one was completely screwed up because that one started yeah. like 16 minutes late and then at wow. one point point. Uh after like maybe a minute or two it did this weird thing where it kind of fast forwarded for like a minute and then it, it, it continued playing. It it was weird. Like Ooh. Agents of Shield yeah. was jacked up big time. But uh at least you know, if you stuck around after the late breaking news, they genuinely picked up right where they paused and they even showed the promo and everything, as if I you didn't know, even nothing realize happened. That.
4: Because, well, I mean, I guess I did realize when we went to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. later, but we, you know, had cut off and we're like, we watched it later, so we were watching the DVR, and it cut off and we're like, what the heck? So we pulled out our computer and got on the ABC site and watched the last, like, minute that was left on ABC, and then we went to watch S.H.I.E.L.D. and we're like, it's still going on, so we, like, fast-forwarded and then realized that it had picked up, oh, well. But I'm we, I'm glad that that we decided to watch the Shield episode on demand, so we didn't have that weird fast forwarding thing. Yeah,
2: it was really but interesting I
0: give them though. Credit. Yeah, I give them I credit give them <laughs> as credit, well because
4: I guess I did not expect that. I thought that they would just yeah cut it off and pick off wherever Shield was at that point.
2: Exactly, and that's usually what they do. So I give ABC mm-hmm. props for actually pausing it and continuing it on before there would have been I head an on,
4: uprising if not
2: i know right before i head on into uh vinnie and, and his response to it i will say i liked it as well i didn't notice anything fully different as far as like her shooting style versus what we've seen in the past i thought the cinematography was really good but there was a little um, moment that i really liked and that i want to sort of reference when Zelina is talking and and they pan the screen to the right and then it morphs into Jacinda's apartment. I really like that. I love when shows do that. Uh, You don't really see that as often, but uh, I love things like that. So the little touches here and there that Lana did were pretty awesome. And Vinny, since you asked about it earlier, the outside of the gingerbread house was real it was a set okay. uh, there's pictures uh, on um, social media there are pictures i should say on social media of lana like in front of it so it is an actual real um at least the outside is real
6: gotcha yeah
2: so vinny go ahead
6: uh, I would, the only thing that I would extend upon what Jenna already said is that this episode was definitely the example of someone who was invested in this story from the beginning. And you can tell that by the care that was taken with like the shots, like you mentioned. My particular shot, that was my favorite. I think, Katie, you have a, a shot on your website, a still of it. Um, it's the scene, it's the two pictures where Zelina's one walking towards the gingerbread house in the green illumination in the background of the Emerald City, and the other is Zelina standing there with the flame sparks going up all around her, and the, Ivo and his kids, like, freaking out. The, the imagery and just the way the camera captured everything in this episode was so invested in the characters in the story, and I don't know, I just it felt like such a cohesive unit and so well done and nicely wrapped up that I give her huge credit for this being her debut. Girl knows what she's doing.
2: Yeah, kudos all around to Lana for her debut. So let's head into our rating of the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 apples? The point system is allowed. If you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted golden apple. Let's spice up the order. Let's uh, add some spice to these apples. And let's start off with... Jenna.
5: Okay, um, I think I'm gonna give this a 9 out of 10 apples. I had a I had a lot of fun watching it. I think that this was a really good conclusion for, uh, for Zelina's character. I think, honestly, I was already going in really liking the episode, like I was gonna give it an 8.5, but as the more you guys talked, the more, like, I realized, wow, this is even better than I thought it was, and I already really liked it. So... Yeah, you guys persuaded me even more on the positive side, and that's never a bad thing. Um, yeah, it was just a really good thing. Um, I think the char- the side characters were used really well. We got told an engaging story. Um, a one- the one-shot character of Ivo was used to a really good degree. Um, and we got some fantastic imagery. Um, I didn't get a chance to say this during the recap, but... I love when Once Upon a Time handles elements of horror, whether it's um, here with Henry and Nick, or back in Season 4 with Hook getting his heart stolen, or Season 1 where Rumpel's beating the crap out of the florist. I think that Aww, they really Mo know French. how to set up really scary imagery. And even though you know things are going to work out really well, they still make things very intimidating. And they managed to do that... A lot, so I really hope that this crew, like, these crew members go on to do, like, Hollywood blockbusters, Hollywood scary movies. I feel like they'll be really successful, but as for the character dynamics and the story, it was something that was really engaging and heartwarming, and it managed to do a lot in very little time. So, yay!
2: We have a nine from Jenna. Katie, do you agree, or did you like it a little bit more, or a little bit less?
4: I am actually going to give this <gasps> a golden apple.
2: Boom, 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 So I did
4: like it more. <laughs> I just thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I loved the horror elements of it. I loved the um, delving more into the crime aspect of it. I loved um, that we got... A conclusion to the candy killer thing. I loved that we got to revisit Zelina's past. We got to revisit Oz as well, and um, we got to see Zelina's character development, how far she's come. We got some really great scenes with various characters, um, like Zelina and Margot, Zelina and Regina, Zelina and Chad, um, Zelina and Rumple. We got a lot of different. Things that were just really, really show how powerful Once Upon a Time is with character relationships, especially and development. Um, I just I really liked this episode, and I was on the edge of my seat for the whole thing. So um, I think they did a fantastic job. So I am giving this a golden apple, which I don't think I've done very often this season. So
2: she good job usually to them. hands them out like candy. <laughs> when she's I killing do. the kids yes she's the candy witch <laughs> like,
4: like candy
5: luring children into her van so she could kill them and eat them
2: oh, my oh she's got a van now
6: I thought she just had a house <laughs> <laughs> she's <laughs> upgraded it's got airbrush gingerbread on the side of the van that's too funny <laughs> oh my and a window in the back seat
5: <laughs> she, co- oh, she, has on the, she also has on the van name Vandy <laughs>
4: oh my god <gosh>. oh lord <laughs> All the kids are like, that's horrible. I'm not coming to this band. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. We have that's a nine. listening to this podcast. I really don't kill children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: Next, that's going to convince <laughs> them. You're very you're very convincing, sorry, Katie.
4: <laughs> oh, Lord.
2: We Ooh. have a nine. We have a golden. Heather, are you team Jenna? Are you team Katie? Or are you just going to do your own damn thing?
3: Well, I am going to be Team Katie. (gasps) Yes! I thought really hard about this because I wasn't certain that I wanted to give it the golden apple. But the more we've talked about it, the more that I realized I want to give it a golden apple. This episode was fantastic. It's my second favorite episode of this season. Um, I, I loved the character exploration of Nick that we got to go through. I loved... Um, going through and seeing Zelina's... The, the, just the fact that they were able to include so much of Zelina's characterization in this one episode was absolutely fantastic. And Rebecca Mater just threw it... hit it out of the park. Um, the one-liners in this episode were enough to give it a golden apple anyway because I laughed so much during this uh, this episode. Um, the twist of Vasilia at the end, the animosity slash civility between uh, Zelina and Rumpel was something that I've been waiting to see all season long, and the sisterly bond between Zelina and Regina was fantastic. So everything about this episode, from point A to the end, I loved and it didn't change no matter how many times I watched the episode. So it, it deserves a golden apple.
2: Sisters are doing it for themselves. Vinny. Now we've got a golden train that has started and is chugging along. Are you on the golden train or are you way over there with Jenna Pace? Or I'm are you doing the your own thing, Vinny? Car
6: with a guru golden card because I am. Yes. Golden... If there was a platinum apple, I would give it a platinum apple. But golden... <laughs> Here's why.
0: So One of
6: I... us. I laid a trap for you, Heather. I totally did, and it was a good trap because it was. what what was going to determine whether or not I gave this episode a golden apple and not just a ten was if I let Zelina up for grabs for the MVP. If you chose Zelina, because I know how much you love to I hate her, duped. <laughs> <laughs> that was my deciding factor because you choosing that as someone who is you 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 admit that you like love to hate her. So in a way, you kind of the character hit you well, but. This episode showing you and uh, inspiring you to choose her as your MVP really kind of speaks to the effectiveness of not only the writing, the directing, just the story of Zelina and how far she's come. And I, this episode is my absolute favorite this season. It's getting really close up there for being my favorite in the entire series, but I don't think anything will ever dethrone the musical episode uh, for that number one spot, but... This episode had so many things that I love, things you guys have already commented on, you know, the interactions between the sisters, Rumpel and Zelina continuing, but yet also like without words kind of coming to an agreement and I wouldn't say forgiveness, but they seem at a place now where they can coexist. It's not going to be awkward at the family gathering as much as it has been, you know, and... Overall, we got the Candy Killer story wrapped up nicely in a way that followed the character's journey. We got excellent tear-jerking goodbyes. We got a little dash of what's to come in, you know, Henry running to Jacinda after he's set free, and them hugging each other instinctively, and him going in for what I thought was like, wait, are they going to do the kiss? Is it going to break and he's going to fall down dying? You know, it, it. I was on the edge of my seat too with so many instances in this episode, and I think this has been the most well done episode this entire season so golden all the way baby toot toot but I also have a question for Jenna Pace
4: oh my goodness
6: what do you call it when Zelina's flying and she turns left and then she turns right and then right and left again can't decide where she's going what is she doing oh she's oscillating
3: Oh my
5: so god! No, I the joke train. Yes,
3: that was wow. so- <laughs> He spent I, the whole I, podcast thinking about that.
6: Oh, I, girl, I looked up the, the dictionary page for words that begin with O S to find that one. <laughs> oh, I like oh
2: it.
4: Its dedication the game has been upped.
2: <laughs> I like it jenna go find a dictionary or a thesaurus
5: (laughs) oh i will i will
2: oh gosh okay so uh, it makes me very sad to say jenna pace you're the russian judge because this is a golden for me too (laughs) this was amazing it was a fantastic episode a milestone episode episode 150 a very memorable episode an episode that, to be quite honest, I didn't know that I really needed. As a person that has loved Zelina from the beginning, I kind of felt like she got her redemption last season. But the fact that they actually found a way to really make it come full circle, I have to give props to the writers. It just, It was wow. amazing. A, a perfect way to really give her, wow. at least in my opinion the full redemptive arc that regina got and as well as a happy ending which uh, was really nice to see for zelena props to lana just a fantastic directorial debut just an amazing episode just period I loved everything about this episode, the twists and the turns, even though I'm very confused about what's going on with Facilier. I really loved all of that and and just found uh, all of his scenes really captivating. And of course, you know, shout out to our Candy Killer. I'm so glad the the storyline is over just because I feel like we have so much else that we need to... um, see happen before we leave hyperion heights and head back to storybrook to say farewell so i'm glad that it's done but it was a very interesting ride and uh, our killer certainly was uh, spectacular to watch the way that he was completely unraveling throughout the entire episode and uh, i've got to say we saw no gothel in this episode and i really didn't miss the hippie witch bitch so uh, that was really mm. interesting. I was like, we didn't get any Gothel in this episode. Did
4: we have her last
3: episode?
2: Maybe I we didn't either. Though. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. I'll be honest, I haven't missed her, although I am mm-hmm. very curious to see how they resolve this storyline. I've been really fascinated by this candy killer plotline. So uh, props to the writers and uh, the showrunners for really crafting a unique storyline. I would have never thought that we would have seen a serial killer on once upon a time so the fact that they did even though they dragged it out a little bit they did make it really interesting I give kudos to them so it's a golden for me golden apple oh no
5: so you guys really (laughs) like this episode I mean I I feel bad that I'm the Russian judge but even still that was a 9 I guess you could say you're all
3: bewitched by this episode oh
6: Uh, (laughs) we almost made it out
3: (laughs) (laughs) without
6: another one. On that note...
2: Where's the hook? So we can pull Jenna from the stage. (laughs) (laughs) You mean Nook? The Nook, yes.
6: I think (laughs) she'd be okay with Nook pulling her off stage.
2: Yeah, she will. Okay, on that punny note. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us.
1: Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookeweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube. At Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com Poppy Radio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Storybrook Weekly Mirror and subscribe.
2: Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, my pun enthusiasts, please wish the listeners a good night.
5: Good night, guys. Good night,
6: guys. Good
2: night, everyone.
5: Good night, stay healthy, and don't get Oz.
6: I have nothing In in response
3: (laughs) I knew something was going
6: (laughs) I'm I'm reeling (laughs) I don't know what that was
2: Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday and Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio Archives. Our Tuesday show is our episode discussion, and our Wednesday show is our special spoiler edition of storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night. Have an awesome night. Yes, I did Woo. a repeat. I apologize, <laughs> Jenna.
5: It's okay. You're forgiven. <laughs> <laughs>